Hey, what is going on guys? DK, back at you with another video here to break down the five game NBA main slate on Monday. Let's start the week off strong. Um, if you guys are new to the channel, welcome. My name is DK. I make content for daily fantasy sports, for NBA Top Shot, for NFL All Day, also for Prize Picks, who is the sponsor of this video. If you're unable to watch these videos, I do upload on Apple Podcasts. Link is in the description below. It is called the DK DFS Show. If you guys have an extra minute or two, if you could leave a five-star rating and review, would greatly, greatly appreciate that. As I mentioned, the sponsor of this video, guys, is Prize Picks. Prize Picks, if you're not familiar, is a player prop site. A lot of different ways you can play. You can take over and earn points, assists, rebounds, three pointers made, uh, points plus rebounds plus assist. You can take over and earn fancy points for NBA. Ton of different ways you can play for NFL. I saw they have so many different ways you can play for the Super Bowl, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, they have basically every single sport you can think of, too, and you can mix and match sports. How it works is you pick two to five player props, and you can win up to 10x your money. So if you guys want to give it a try, you can sign up and use my code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. Also, I will have content up uh, depending when they put more props up, either later tonight or um tomorrow probably early afternoon talking about my favorite prize picks if you guys interested in that make sure to check that one out um i also offer premium content for daily fantasy sports in-depth content uh nba nfl also um esports i'm including for free for anyone that purchases uh, my patreon package for this month and we've been doing really well in csgo and call of duty uh it's been a lot of fun watching those games too so um, all right, I think that's that's it for the intro, guys. So uh, before we get into players and the prices, we can take a look at my lineup here tonight. So tonight, looking like I'm going to get in the cash, uh, we will see. Oh, I guess now the Bucks are blowing them out. It was like a 10-point game. As long as Giannis doesn't get pulled here in the last five minutes, I'm probably going to get in the cash. So I'm close to the money line right now with Giannis, who's very, very low-owned. Uh, but can we start with Luka Doncic? He had 40 fancy points at halftime. He picked up his fourth foul at the end of the first half and then picked up, let's just say it was not a great call, his fifth foul uh, to start the second half, and he lost massive minutes. And I mean massive. He probably lost 14 minutes in the uh, second half, I mean, 12 to 14 minutes, somewhere in that range. He came back in with about seven, eight minutes to go in the fourth. Um, so he lost a huge chunk of minutes. Without that foul trouble, I would say Luka probably goes for at least 70. So if you faded Luka Doncic uh, tonight, you got extremely lucky. Um, but going over the rest of my lineup. So yeah, I used Dante DiVincenzo. Not that I really wanted to use him, but because that's the only thing that fit with the way my roster worked after I made a couple uh, changes here. So um, yeah, he didn't do anything with, even with Grayson Allen out, which is uh, pretty annoying. Uh, Duarte had a really solid game, one for 35 fancy points. Did get a little bit lucky there. Sabonis, massive foul trouble. Sabonis was on pace to break the slate early on, and then he got in foul trouble. So I got a little bit lucky with the Sabonis fade there. Um, again, I went to a low on Giannis instead of Ingram. I used Ingram on the late slate. That worked. But, um, as long as this game stays competitive and Giannis gets these last five minutes, I should be able to cash in tournaments. Dwight Powell, only 30% on this in the slate. He was an absolute smash. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. shot awful. He also, I swear, missed like eight free throws. I swear, every time I checked my phone, Kevin Porter Jr. missed both free throws. Like, oh, sure, okay. Um, yeah, Terrence Mann for value there. And then Alfred Sengen, who also got in foul trouble. He got in foul trouble and missed on some minutes. So, um, yeah, that is it for the look back overall. Should be should be able to sneak in the cash here for tournaments. Um, and yeah, it w I mean, without the random foul jump for Luca, I'm easily cashing. But so that was a little bit tilting as far as high stakes go. Pretty low scoring night overall. Let's take a look at some ownership. So you had Goodwin was massive chalk, forty percent, seven fancy points. I got um, I got lucky with the Goodwin fade too, right? So they went to Rondo 
and played him huge minutes, which we really haven't seen uh, at all from the Cavs this year uh, since Rondo's been on the team. So, yeah, I got a little bit lucky with the fade on Goodwin. He looked like a solid play, and he was massive, massive chalk. Um, again, Ingram was pretty popular. Powell was popular. Sykes was pretty popular. Sabonis so is pretty popular in high stakes, 40%. Um, again, a massive foul trouble there. Let's see what else. Kevin Porter Jr. is popular, as was Sengen, as they should have been. Um, Giannis, again, relatively low-owned. Um, Bjorn Finney-Smith was chalk. Um, and then this is the winning lineup uh, right now. It is Sykes, Green, Hart, Tate, Sengen, Luka, who was 60%, Ingram, and Kevin Porter Jr. So like I said, pretty low-scoring night overall in high stakes. It's a lot of chalk bust. But, hey, guys, that is it for the look back. I hope you guys got into cash. Let's talk about this five gamer. Oh, if you guys do enjoy the content, make sure to hit the like button. Really appreciate all the support we've gotten over the last couple of videos. Uh, let's try to aim for 100 likes on this video. Uh, but all right, Toronto and Charlotte is the first game here. So Toronto, uh, this is one of the best possible matchups. And we know they run extremely tight rotation, right? So the main guys in Siakam and Van Fleet, I think look really good. You know, we're just going to get 40 minutes from them basically every single night, assuming no foul triples. So I like both. And again, this is one of the best possible matchups. As far as kind of the, the mid-range guys go for Toronto, we have OG Ananubi at 7-3. I think plays mid-30s minutes. I think he's a fair play. I think Scotty Barnes at 6-9 should play similar minutes, you know, 35-40. to 40. Also a fair play. These guys do have upside, but take a little bit of a backseat to the likes of Van Fleet and Siakam. And then Gary Trent Jr. has kind of cooled off over the last couple games. The minutes have still been there. He just hasn't been shooting as well as he did uh, for, like, that week-long stretch, 5-13, 8-17. And again, um, he's not going to do anything in the peripheral stats department, so if he doesn't make his shots, he can hurt you. But if we're going to get 35 to 40 minutes from him, I think he's firmly in play for tournaments. Or we've seen the upside when he can get hot. He can go for like 40 plus. He can break the slate if he's making his shots. And as far as the value goes, Boucher at 4-9. I think we probably see around 20 minutes. Last four games, 21, 18, 25, and 19. And again, I love targeting bigs against the Hornets. It's just the minutes are not necessarily secure. So I have interest in Boucher more for tournaments. I think Achua is still playable too. Now, we did see Ken Burch come back, but he barely played. So... If we're going to see somewhere around in 18 to 20 minutes from Achua, I think that's fine in a matchup like this. Moving on to the Charlotte side. So not the best spot here for the Hornets. Um, I think, you know, the main three guys look solid in GBPs and LaMelo, Bridges, and Rogier. I mean, the Hornets coach has been so frustrating. There's just games where he completely benches LaMelo ball, um, which is, again, very, very annoying. But... Yeah, I think in a competitive game, you know, LaMelo, Bridges, and Rogier all have upside. The only downside is, you know, with these three guys, it's a little bit hard to try to figure out who is going to have, like, the big game. Now, one guy I want to mention here is Gordon Hayward at 5K. So, in his first game back, they said that they were going to kind of limit his Mets. He played 29. The second game, he shot 0 of 7, and it was a massive blowout. So, don't really care what happened last game. 5K for Gordon Hayward, it feels too cheap. I know it's not the best spot here, but if we get... 30 to 35 minutes feels a little bit underpriced. So I think Gordon Hayward looks pretty good for his price. Um, we've also been seeing Mason Plumlee play pretty consistent minutes. The likes of like 25 to 30, which if he continues to play that, I think he's fine. You know, a guy that has a relatively high floor. We've seen some more uh, minutes for PJ Washington at 4.8K, who I think probably sees, I don't know, around 25 minutes. Like he's viable in a tournament setting. Kelly Oubre at 5-3, I think, is in play for GBPs as well. So a lot of guys more in play for tournaments for me on the Hornets side. And then assuming the limitations, I think Gordon Hayward looks pretty good at only 5K. Miami and Washington, it's a pretty good matchup here. Um, we have questionable guys again for Miami. So Jimmy's questionable, Hero's questionable, Struss and Martin both questionable as well. So um, if all those guys are out, then obviously, you know, Bam and Abayo and Kyle Lowry are going to look pretty good. You know, Bam in a good matchup here, probably sees mid-30s minutes. 
Lowry to have to do a lot more of the playmaking of both Jimmy and Hero are out. And then like the value of like Vincent and Tucker and Robinson's gonna look way, way better. Martin, if he plays, is gonna look pretty good, right? So if both Jimmy and Hero are out, there's actually a lot to like here. Now, if both Jimmy and Hero are in, um, I don't know if there's one standout play. I would say the main two guys from Miami look pretty solid in Jimmy and in Bam, right? Both these guys should play mid-30s minutes in competitive game. But Washington has not been great on the defensive end. Um, and then, yeah, value-wise, like P.J. Tucker's at 3.8. He's actually played better this year from like a DFS perspective. Like he's had a higher floor than last year. Um, so I think we probably get around 30 minutes from P.J. Tucker, which, sure, that's fine. You can always go to a guy, Duncan Robinson, too, who is scoring dependent. But, again, if he hits a shot, he can have a ceiling. It's just when he struggles, like last game, the floor is relatively low. All right, on the Washington side, so this team tilts me so much because you had Kuzma and Dinwiddie were pretty low on that last slate, and Washington just could not hit a shot. They had 40 points through three quarters. I mean, how is that even possible? I was so tilted that night. Um, Kuzma uh, at 7-4, again, barely played in the second half. He played like five second half minutes. Um, I don't like the matchup, but I do like the usage for guys like Kuzma and Dinwiddie, right? If they're going to keep this game competitive, it's going to be those two. And we've seen some big games from these two, even in bad matchups, right? Philadelphia, 46 for Kuzma. We saw a big game from Dinwiddie as well, I believe, that game. Yeah, 47, right? And Philadelphia's been a pretty solid defensive team. So they can still get it done in a tough matchup as long as they don't shoot 5% from the field like they did last game. So um, I do have interest in Kuzma and Dinwiddie. I think the ownership will be low. Based on what I've seen the last couple of games, um, I don't think they're going to be that popular. But again, if, if they can keep this game close, I'm okay going to those guys in a GPP setting. As far as the centers go, so Thomas Bryant most likely starts and plays, you know, somewhere around 20 minutes. I think it's fine. He's been kind of disappointing this year. Uh, Montrez Harrell most likely plays the back of five and plays, you know, low to mid-20s minutes. Um, as far as the rest of the value goes, I mean, KCP is playable in around 30 minutes, I would assume. Um, he's just scoring independent, but that's fine. Kind of the same with Denny, right? He's scoring independent, but he can have upside if he makes his shots, so... That's probably it. Like, we've been seeing Aaron Holiday start at 3-1. I mean, should get around 20 minutes. I think it's just going to be better value, though, than going to Alec Holiday. Moving on to Phoenix and Chicago. So, I'm excited for this one. Also, I'm going to be at this game. So, hoping this game can stay competitive. Um, but, yeah, Phoenix is, uh, once again, missing no or no campaign. So, we should see big minutes from both guards and Paul and Booker. Chris Paul was on pace for a pretty big game last game, and the game blew out. So, in a competitive game here, we're going to see around 40 minutes from Chris Paul. He's been low on basically every single slate, right? Don't think people want to pay this price point for Chris Paul. But you got to factor in. It's just a, this is a different situation than what we, what we saw from Chris Paul earlier in the year, right? Earlier in the year, we were getting about an 8K Chris Paul playing 30 to 32 minutes. Well, he's playing 40 minutes a game now. So who cares what happened? You got to like forget what happened earlier in the season, right? This is a different situation. We're getting like 40 minutes a game from Chris Paul. I think he's, I'm perfectly fine paying this price point for him. And Chicago has not been great defensively. He's most likely getting double digit assist. He can stuff a stat sheet. I think he looks good. I think Booker looks good too at sub 9K. Now Booker is a little bit of a lower floor. He won't do as much of the peripheral stats, but again, he's going to play about 40 minutes uh, as well. So both the guards I have interest in for the Phoenix side. Now we saw a massive game from DeAndre Ayton. Um, also that game was a blowout. Um, I think, you know, he's going to play around 30 to 32 minutes, which makes him a solid play at this price point. Um, you know, Chicago is a bigger team with Vucevic. So I think Aiden should see 30 to 32 minutes. 
Mikel Bridges has also played really well uh, in the la over the last couple of weeks, right? He really, really has been turning it up. He's been doing a better job of stuff than the stat sheet. So, you know, earlier on in the year, he was just standing in the corner doing nothing. But I think he's fine in the mid-range. Um, I don't know if he continues to average 40 fantasy points a game. But, um, yeah, he's played a lot better recently. Now, Cam Johnson at 4-6, you know, should see around 20 to 25 minutes off the bench. More of a secondary play. I think it's a little bit easier to get to guy Jay Crowder, who probably sees low 30s minutes in a competitive game. I think he's a relatively uh, safe value play. And then I'll always mention Javel McGee, right? Because he's playing the back of five right now and playing around 15 minutes a game. And he's a really good point per minute guy. So, you know, he can still get it done in 15 minutes, right? We've seen it 20 plus from him two of the last five games. So I think he's in play for GPPs. Uh, probably someone that will be relatively low owned. Now on the Chicago side, it kind of depends on news. We saw Levine and Kobe White both miss the game today. We'll see if they're going to be available for the game tomorrow. Um, if they are, then, you know, Chicago, I don't know if there's anything that stands out from the Bulls if Levine and Kobe White both play because you have, you know, Vooch and DeRozan's price went up a little bit from when Levine's been out over the last couple games. You saw Io's price go up from when those two were out. So even the value, right, Javante Green was like 3-3 a couple slates ago. Now he's 4-2. So, like, if they're both in, I don't know if there's anything that stands out. I would say, like, the big three are all in play for GPPs. But if they're both out, then, you know, Vucevic and Rosen look pretty solid here. Um, Vucevic is going to play 35-plus minutes, and same with DeRozan. Uh, we saw the big game from Vuce two games ago. We saw the big game from DeRozan today. So, you know, I would say in a competitive game, if if, if both of me and Kobe White are out, you're probably going to see a pretty good game from one of Vuce or DeRozan. Um, and then Io is going to do a ton of the ball handling if they're both out. I think he's a fair play. Had a not-so-good game today, but... Um, we've seen some pretty big games from Io. He's a guy that, you know, been averaging close to double-digit assists over the last five games. And then the value is going to look way more in play, too. So the likes of, like, Javante Green at 4-2, he's been seeing, you know, low 30s minutes. I think he's a pretty safe value play if both those guys are out. Troy Brown's been starting and playing, you know, two games ago, played 35. Last game, he only played 22. So he's a little bit of a riskier option if, um, if both those guys are out because the minutes have not been as secure for him. And then, like, they've been giving minutes to the likes of, like, Matt Thomas, uh, whatever that is, and Malcolm Hill. Um, neither have been really productive, but I guess in a large field tournament, you can at least consider them uh, because they've been getting minutes. All right, Golden State and OKC. So this game obviously has some blowout risk. Let's see. Do they have it up in Bavada yet? Let me refresh this, see if they have the odds up. I would say Golden State's probably at least, you know, 12-point favorites. Um, let's see. Let's go to game lines. Uh, keep going. Hold on, keeps going back to futures. Let's see. No, we're okay. I don't think it's up right now. Um, but yeah, there's some blowout risk, and we might have Otto Porter coming back. So you know that's something to factor in for those Golden State value plays. If you're if you're gonna target them, is if Porter plays, they're gonna be riskier. So Steph Curry, 10-5. I mean, he's going to be relatively low on, I think, because I, I feel like a lot of people are going to expect the blowout. But if the Thunder can somehow keep this game close, I mean, you know Steph can break the slate. It's just he's going to fail way more often than he comes through, um, which I've been saying for Steph for, like, the last two months, which is true, right? You just you don't play him in cash games. I think he's in play for GPPs. Wiggins at 6-5 feels a little bit pricey. I do have some interest in Clay Thompson. You know, minutes. We're going to see the minutes tick up here soon, Right. And maybe it's the game today. Maybe instead of, you know, 26, 27 minutes, we see like 31, 32 minutes with Clay Thompson. So, um, and they are, again, prioritizing getting him shots. So I think he's a pretty solid GBP play. We saw the upside from him when he does get hot last game. Pool at 6K, you know, probably comes off the bench and plays mid-20s minutes. I think I would rather go to a guy like Clay Thompson. 
Otto Porter, if he plays, it just affects the value of like Kaminga and JTA and Damian Lee, right? So if he's in, again, the value becomes riskier. Kavon Looney at 5-1. I mean, he'll play 25 minutes. It's fine. Uh, Kaminga, he would be the guy that I would think takes a minutes hit if Otto Porter comes back. So Kaminga would be pretty risky. Same with JTA um, at 3-5. I think he would lose some minutes if Otto Porter plays. So um, yeah, I mean, you can, if Otto Porter misses, then yeah, you can take shots on guys like Kaminga and then JTA and GPPs. But as you know, with Steve Kerr, you never know what's going to happen with that bench rotation. Moving on to the Thunder. So we still have SGA out. Lou Dort is questionable. Robinson Earl out, Wiggins out, Muscala out, Roby out. So they're relatively thin. Uh, Josh Giddy at 7.8K. I like him for GPPs, right? I don't think he's going to be that popular. I think a lot of people are going to expect a blow on this game, but if it can somehow stay competitive, he's played huge minutes, 36 and 38 over the last couple of games in competitive games. So I do have some interesting giddy for GPPs. Um, and then if Lou Dort's out, it's going to make this Thunder value, as gross as it sounds, look pretty good. Like Darius Basley's played huge minutes over the last couple of games, 36 and 37. He's not a bad point per minute guy. I think he's a fair play in the mid-range if Dort misses. We've been seeing Trey Mann playing huge minutes. Now, the only downside here is he's score independent, but... They've just been pushing him to shoot as much as he can. 14, 17, and 18 shot attempts over the last three games. He's definitely in play. We saw, surprisingly, Ty Jerome start, not Kenneth Williams. He played 27 minutes. I think he's a fair value play if he starts again. And then for some reason, I don't know why, Kenneth Williams actually lost minutes with Lou Dort out. Um, But I think he's viable. because If we get 25 to 30 minutes from Kenneth Williams, he's going to look like a pretty decent value. We saw them dust off Pokashevsky and play him 26 minutes. Again, in a tournament, sure. And then uh, Diakot, or oh, shoot, I had it up how to pronounce it. Um, Diakite, Diakite, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he's been starting at the five and been playing, you know, 30 and 24 minutes over the last couple of games. So if he starts again, I think he's a fair value play, right? I think they want to give the young guys many minutes as they can. Again, Robinson Earl out, Muscala out. Favors probably plays the back of five, but only plays, you know, 15-ish minutes, so... Um, yeah, I think he's definitely in play too. But yeah, Lou Dort is the big news here. Because if Lou Dort is in, then like the secondary plays are not going to look as good. So Lou Dort is big news if you're going to target these Thunder guys. And finally, I mean, could you think of a more unappealing late night hammer than this game? Could you? The New York Knicks versus the Utah Jazz. I couldn't think of a worse late night hammer. Um, but hey, we got to talk about this game because it's on the slate. So for the Knicks, Julius Randle 8-8. Him and RJ Barrett both smashed because the Lakers play zero defense. Um, now they're going up against Utah. Now what I will say with Utah is they have not been the same defensive team um, of la- of, that they were last year. And Gobert is out, which is, you know, obviously probably their best defender. So, um, you know, targeting a guy like Randle, I think is, is viable, right? I think... The, the matchup might scare some people off, but I still am okay going to random tournaments. I'm still okay going to R.J. Barrett in tournaments. We talk, he played 45 minutes in regulation, R.J. Barrett. So both Barrett and Randall, I think, are, are certainly in play for tournaments. Same with Evan Fournier. Again, it's really, really gross, but the minutes have been there for him. It's just a matter of can he hit his shots, right? Um, and then as far as the secondary options go, so Mitchell Robinson, I think it's actually a fair play because there's no Gobert. Like, he can have a good game here against Whiteside or as a Buki. So, um, I actually do have some interest in Mitchell Robinson. I think he goes overlooked as well. Alec Burks, I mean, some games he's playing 10 minutes. Some, like, last game he played 30. 
sure, you can take a shot at him for tournaments. These secondary options where it gets tough because they're going to go with a hot hand, right? Kemba, you know, 19, then 30, then 17, then 17, then 24 minutes. So, like, hard to trust him quickly. Can we talk about this? Two games ago, plays 27 minutes. Last game, five. Five, basically a DNP last game for quickly. Um, Noel will get the back of five run and play, you know, around 20 minutes. I guess he's a fair value play again, only three, four. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to trust, I would say, outside of the main four guys. You know, they're going to go to kind of the hot hand situation. And Robinson probably sees 25 to 30 minutes. And I would say um, if the game is competitive, we should get over 30 minutes from Fournier, Barrett, and Randall. And then finally, the Utah Jazz. So no-go bear still. Um, Clarkson is questionable. Rudy Gay is questionable. So let's start Donovan Mitchell at 8-4. I don't love the matchup for him, but this price just feels a little bit too cheap. So um, assuming no limitations and we get, you know, 35 minutes of Mitchell, I think he is a little bit underpriced. Uh, Bogdanovich, Conley, they they don't really stand out right. They were priced up from when Mitchell was out. Clarkson feels a little bit pricey even if he plays. Um, now, last game, even with Whiteside back, they started as a Buki. So keep an eye on the starting lineup. If as a Buki starts again, I actually have some interest in him in for value because I would assume we get probably at least 20 minutes if he starts. So yeah, if as a Buki starts, I think you can go there. Whiteside at 6K, I think I only pay that price for him if he starts. If he comes to the bench, probably wouldn't do it. Um, Royce O'Neal, I mean, he'll play big minutes, but he's a low usage guy. And then, yeah, Rudy Gay, if he plays, I actually think he's a fair value play. Probably sees around 20 minutes. Um, if he misses, you know, probably more minutes for the likes of like O'Neal. Um, maybe Pascal gets a couple extra minutes, but I don't know if I want to go there on this slate. So, yeah, guys, that's going to wrap it up for the video today. If you have been enjoying the YouTube videos, just make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Would really appreciate that, guys. And again, keep an eye on for future content. I have Top Shot content. Prize picks will video will either be up later tonight or early uh, tomorrow. Uh, but thanks again, guys. Enjoy the rest of your night, and I will see you um, in the next one.